Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. It is our Monday show, the post-game report, where we look back at the weekend that was today. We are going to talk all things college football and NFL. So look back on the NASCAR championship and uh, we'll touch briefly on the Masters that's coming up this weekend as well. And uh, joining me, as always, is Thomas Bridges. And before we bring Thomas in, I want to remind the folks out there to subscribe to the Jones Report on wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We'd appreciate that. New episodes every Monday and Thursday for your entertainment pleasure. And the thing that we start out every Monday show with is just a simple question of what did you learn from over the weekend? And what I learned is that Thomas is another year older. Uh, he turned uh, a very young age of 28. And uh, so, Tom, uh, that's what I learned. So a, a happy late birthday to you, man. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I feel already older. Uh, you know, I did hosted my karaoke on my birthday in Tulsa. And then the next night we were going to go out on the town, socially distanced, of course. And everyone was too tired to go out, including myself. Uh, and so another year older, just Jones, I feel like every year I just get more tired. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I, I had a very long weekend, uh, lots of driving, uh, going down to that OU game and then staying with my parents with Broken Arrow. And then I come back on Monday and I get off work and, I was just out of it for about three or four hours, just uh, in bed and and uh, crashed out. So I'm I'm there with you. I find myself. I don't have the same energy that I did when I was younger. But uh, Tom, what what did you learn this weekend? I learned a couple things. I learned how good Trevor Lawrence is. Also learned that OU's gotten a whole lot better since their two losses. Um, and I, I learned that. OSU's defense is still really good, and I also know that Tylen Wallace is probably the best wide receiver Oklahoma State has ever had, and I'm prepared to say that, uh, and that I will stand by that. That's what I learned this weekend. also learned that Election Day uh, is very tiring, very mentally exhausting. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad it's somewhat over. Right. Uh, so much the key word. Uh, we'll, we'll leave that for the experts to, to figure out uh, on that stuff. But, yeah, uh, that certainly took a lot out of everybody, I think. I think this country is uh, mentally exhausted after what uh, the last few months have endured. Um, but with that being said, you know, what wasn't tiring was uh, seeing the Chiefs pull off another win this weekend. They are now – Eight and one on the season, 33-31 win over the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, there, there will be some folks out there that say, how come the Chiefs didn't beat a team like Carolina by a bigger margin? Why was this a close game that came down to the very end? Uh, you know, the Panthers kicking a 67-yard field goal at the very end of the game. But I would tell the folks out there, you're reading too much into that. Carolina – is a well-coached football team with Matt Rule. We saw what he did at Temple and what he did at Baylor, and this guy gets the most out of his, his teams. He's a very analytical guy. We saw that he was very gutsy, that they were playing to win the game. In the words of Herm Edwards, they came in with a great game plan, and they executed, and, and 
what we've said all season long with the Chiefs was that they were going to get the best game possible out of their opponents. And Carolina put up probably their best performance of the season. Teddy Bridgewater was great. Christian McCaffrey, although we only had 69 rushing yards on the ground on 18 carries, he was phenomenal in the receiving game with 10 receptions for 82 yards and a receiving touchdown. The Chiefs didn't do a good job taking away Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, that I think you can point to uh, as a big reason why they were in the position that they were in. Um, you know, if not shutting him down and letting Teddy Bridgewater had the big day. But I would say the Panthers are due a lot of credit for making this game competitive. Um, you may say that the Chiefs should have won by more, that they were the better team, but uh, credit where credit's due. I don't take anything away from Carolina, but they did. Um, that's a team that is going to be good down the road that has a very bright future. And, uh, th- I mean, they, they put on their A game. They played an A game and came very close to winning this game. Nothing to take away from Carolina from their performance. Um, the Chiefs, you know, just went into a battle to a team that was ready for this game. I, I, that's what I look at this, Tom. Do, do you have any problem with the Chiefs only winning this game by two points? No, I will say being kind of neutral, I was hoping that uh, the kicker, I forget what it is. Who's the Carolina kicker? I wanted to say Graham to know, but it's not. It is uh, Joey Sly. Yeah, see, I wanted to see the 67-yarder go through, honestly. Um, just being neutral, I just wanted to see history. Uh, but wide right, I don't know if I had the distance or not. If it did, it would have been very close. Um, but that being said, I think just from an outside perspective, I, I think these games, I say this all the time, I think the close games make both teams better. I mean, yeah, it sucks for Carolina. Uh, but that's, you know, if you're going to have any sort of moral victory, it's that you just took Kansas City to, you know, right damn near to the end. In uh, 15 more yards, you're winning that game. Um, so, you know, moral victory for Carolina, obviously a real victory for Kansas City. Those type of games make you better. You know, you're, you're not – at your best when you're just shitting on every other team every single week. You don't have any close games and you don't have, you know, it's, it's hard to point out anything to work on and to get better. Um, and so when you pull out those gritty games, it, I feel like team morale goes up. Uh, I feel like, you know, it feels like a closer-knit team. And then you have some stuff to work on in the film room the next week and you go into Monday feeling happy. Um, and so, obviously, you don't want to do that every week. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs kind of had a habit of getting down early and then coming back uh, last year. This year, it's there's been some couple of gritty games. Um, and so, I, yeah, the Chiefs will be fine. Carolina's going to be good. I like what Teddy Bridgewater's doing. I like that Carolina team. Uh, I wouldn't want to face them uh, in, in, you know, that division. Carolina's in is already tough as is, so. Uh, you know, moral victories for Carolina, uh, things to work on for the Chiefs, sure. Uh, but like I said, 8-1, they'll be fine. Um, I mean, can't have, uh, you can't have it all. Right, right. Yeah. Um, this Chiefs team now 8-1, and one, you head into the bye week. Um, and 
you know, it, it sounds cliche, but in the National Football League, it's, it's the any given Sunday philosophy that anybody can beat anybody on any given week, uh, that the talent level is not that of what you see in college football of the big discrepancy there. And so Carolina, you know, they – I look at Christian McCaffrey. That guy was the best player on the field when he was out there. Obviously, he and Patrick Mahomes weren't on the field at the same time. But he caused problems. And I give Carolina credit for uh, being able to use him without having to run the football. Um, the fact that he was so effective in that receiving game was phenomenal like Christian McCaffrey. I think this Chiefs team, you love what Patrick Mahomes did, going 30 of 45 through the air, four touchdowns, 372 yards. That was great. Kelsey had a big day, 159 yards. Every kill, 113 yards and two touchdowns. All that was fine and dandy from the Chiefs in their passing game. Patrick Mahomes became the fastest quarterback in NFL history to reach 100 career passing touchdowns. The passing game was fine. But the two question marks that you have from the Chiefs is the second straight week where their run game was not good. Um, just 30 yards on the ground for the Chiefs, 2.5 yards per carry. And the pass rush. The Chiefs have had the best pass rush in the league the last two seasons, leading the league in sacks even with two different defensive coordinators. But the Chiefs didn't even get a sack in this game till late in the third quarter, ended up with two, but they were not getting pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. And I think for the Chiefs going forward, that run game has to be better than what it was yesterday. We have to see it, uh, what we've seen earlier in the year. I mean, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has more rushing yards at this point than Damon Williams had all season. But that run game has been inconsistent. So you need to see more of that. The pass rush, you lose Toxin Carlton for the rest of the season. Um, that's a crushing blow. And now you wonder um, how you move on from that, if that pass rush is going to be okay. I think those are two things that you take away from this cheap loss and say they got to run the football better and they got to, you know, get more pressure on the quarterback. But those are two very fixable things. That's something that – um, I think that the Chiefs look at, and that's not beyond their control of something that they can take care of pretty quickly, I would actually say. Yeah, I think they have to start running the ball more. And, and I feel like we, we said that uh, once before this season and then feel like they got back to running the ball. Uh, it, it, it is easy when you have Mahomes and you have Kelsey and you have Hill, you have McCole Hardman, and you have all these players on offense that are so good. It's easy to get away from running the ball. I mean, it's so easy. I will say, Jones, one thing that stuck out to me, one little tidbit I wanted to mention, what in the hell was that Patrick Mahomes in motion play? I loved it. i just never seen it in my whole life before. I was watching that game, and I was like, what is that? What, is he going in motion? Yeah, and then and then hits, uh, hits uh, who is it, Williams or somebody over the middle? Yeah, that was uh, that was wild. I like the creativity, uh, Daryl Williams. Yes, um, you know from from the Chiefs, Andy Reid. Like I've been saying the last few weeks, I think we've only seen them play at about seventy or seventy-five percent. Um, they may have bumped it up a little bit showing that play, um, but that was certainly wild. Um, Mahomes with that four touchdown performance. And then you see Russell Wilson, who was the MVP favorite going into this weekend, have four turnovers and lose on the road to Buffalo like they did. Um, 
According to Vegas, Mahomes is the number two favorite. Um, you can get a, a nice bet, nice wager on Mahomes right now at about minus uh, – at a, about plus 200, which is a really good value. But I, I would say that my money's on Patrick Mahomes at this point to be MVP um, going forward. Uh, we, we talked about last week how funny it was that his name was mentioned as Dark Horse. I, I would go ahead and say at this point it, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes' MVP race to lose now after that uh, struggle that uh, Russell Wilson had that we'll talk about here in just a minute. Yeah, I would put him up there. I would say Aaron Rodgers is up there too. Uh, and I don't feel like Thursday night games get as much love. Obviously, it's Sunday nights. And if I'm going to be honest with you, if the Rams don't play on Thursday night, I don't really watch Thursday night football, mainly because I'm hosting karaoke. Uh, and, and so I get bits and pieces on the bar TV, but not a whole lot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers showed out against the 49ers, absolutely demolished them. I would say Aaron Rodgers, at least for me, uh, if not, I would you – know, can't really give Aaron Rodgers a comeback player of the year, but uh, just a night and day difference, in my opinion, from what he was doing last year to this year. Uh, you know, I know the Packers aren't the Chiefs, and, and they've had a couple of losses they probably shouldn't have, but uh, including one to Tampa Bay. But, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think, has looked fantastic, too. So I would put those two up in there. I mean, I think Russell Wilson will bounce back. He always does. But I would say it's probably between Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers right now, sitting where we are this week currently. Yeah, uh, two former Super Bowl champions and former MVPs. Uh, yeah, I would say you're right it's between those two. And you mentioned uh, the Packers on Thursday night football. Let's go around the NFL, start there with Thursday night. 34-17, the win for the Packers over the Niners. Uh, dominating performance and – Quite a reversal from last year when we saw the 49ers dominate the Packers twice last year. Aaron Rodgers was phenomenal. Uh, the Niners at this point at four and five, I mean, their playoff hopes are done. I mean, they are finished in the Packers. I know that they had a couple bumps along the way, but a uh, nice recovery after that uh, Minnesota debacle last week. I liked what I saw from, from uh, Green Bay on the road on Thursday. Yeah, they did play really hard and, and – I thought the game was even far farther away than the final score indicated, but Aaron Rodgers keeps pushing on. I mean, the Packers, uh, you got to think the North is theirs at this point. Falcons took down the Broncos 34-27. to The Falcons 3-6 and six now. The uh, Broncos 3-5. and five. Um, You know, it was a uh, good day for Matt Ryan, and I I feel like we don't say that very often anymore, not like what we did – like what we used to, uh, Tom. Yeah, this team, after Quinn's been gone, has actually showed some fight. I don't know if they finally just got their – someone got their foot together or what what happened there, but Matt Ryan's looked a lot better. Uh, You know, for the Broncos, I will say, Jerry Judy's going to be a superstar. I don't care what anybody says. I know they said, you know, kind of drops some passes, still get up to speed. I don't know if you got to see that highlight where he acted like he was going to do a go right and then came back. Uh, high football IQ, one of the, probably already the top, one of the top front runners in the league. Uh, Broncos are going to be there in a couple of years. I'm not giving up hope on Matt Ryan and the Falcons yet. I mean, obviously this year, but Matt Ryan still is, is I think, a solid quarterback. The Bills take down the Seahawks 44-34. to 
Russell Wilson had four turnovers, so that 44 number is a bit deceiving as far as the defense goes for Seattle. I know Seattle's got a bad defense, but um, when you had to be on the field four extra, four extra possessions, that's a little tough. But, you know, besides that, with Seattle having a bad day and Russell Wilson in particular, I look at Josh Allen, 415 yards, three touchdowns. This was the bounce-back game Buffalo needed. They got off to a good start this year, went to a, a, a cool-down stretch where they lost back-to-back, did embarrassing loss to Tennessee, and then losing to Kansas City, and then barely beating the Jets uh, a week or two ago. This was the statement game the rebound Buffalo needed. Yeah, I think so. And, Jones, there's a real possibility that Buffalo ends up sweeping the NFC West. I mean, he's got the Cardinals and the 49ers left. He's already beat, the, you know, I'm saying he, Josh Allen and the Bills. They've already beaten the Rams and the Seahawks. Uh, who was calling the Bills potentially being able to sweep the NFC West? That was not me. It's impressive. Uh, you know, to, to do that against the best division in football, that'd be something else. How about the Stephon Diggs? Nine receptions, 118 yards. Um, you know, twofold with Diggs, Tom. Minnesota, I'm sure, is still regretting letting go of Diggs and, and paying all that money to Kirk Cousins, giving him an extension. But how about Buffalo? What he's done to elevate that offense, they needed one more weapon, and he has certainly been that and then some for this Buffalo team. That turned out to be one of the best signings of this past offseason. Yeah, and you know Mike Zimmer's kicking himself. Uh, I, I, he probably didn't sleep very well at night when – Diggs pulls off games like that. Yeah. The uh, Titans beat the Bears 24-17. to 17. Uh, This one was a bit of a snooze fest. Uh, Nick Foles had over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Titans held Derrick Henry to uh, 68 yards on the ground. And uh, Tannehill had a, a pretty decent day. Uh, Titans had a 6-2, Tom. And they didn't rely on Derrick Henry. It was – more so from what we saw from Tannehill that won them this game here. Titans, uh, at this point in the year, what, what do you think of this squad right now uh, at 6-2? Uh, and two? I mean, they're, I think they'll be fine. I mean, you're in the division with the Colts and the Jags and the Texans. Uh, I mean, you're feeling decent right now. If you're a Vrabel and company, uh, you know, kind of started falling off the wagon there for a bit, and it's nice to see that Tannehill can carry this team, I guess, necessarily when need be, because so often it is Derrick Henry. And so, uh, you know, the Bears are no slouch. Uh, it's like we thought they would be – we thought they were going to be a slouch, and they, we thought they could be good. And now we're kind of pushing back to the slouch type thing. But uh, that's a good, tough win. Uh, you know, it's not going to be that, – that, that performance isn't going to get the job done in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, a win's a win's a win. Uh, I think tides will be fine. Uh, other games, uh, the Vikings topped the Lions 34-20. to Back-to-back wins for the Vikings puts them at 3-5 and five on the season. Dalvin Cook had a big day, 200 yards and two touchdowns. Tom, that uh, Vikings team, their record, uh, they're, they're better than what their record would indicate. So I think that all falls on Mike Zimmer for them being in this position that they're in right now. Yeah, they are. And, and we obviously, we, I'd say it almost every show, we're a pro-fire-your-coach podcast. Uh, at, at this point, 
I, I think the Vikings have to keep winning and keep doing what they need to do, uh, at least in Mike Zimmer's case. I mean, Dalvin Cook leading the league in rushing right now. Uh, they should have a better record than what it is. The Giants defeat Washington 23-20, to second win of the year for New York. Daniel Jones had a decent day, over 200 yards. Kyle Allen got hurt for Washington, and Alex Smith came in, and uh, he threw three interceptions in uh, the loss for uh, Washington. Giants at 2-7, and seven, Washington at 2-6. and six. Believe it or not, Tom, the NFC East is so bad that neither one of these teams are out of contention to win that division. Yeah, I think you could – they're not out, but you could still ride them off. Whoever gets to play them in the, in the first round, you know, if they were to make the playoffs, would be lucky. Um, I mean, that game, Jones, I, me, Jose and I were watching a little bit of it. Every time it got on, like, NFL red zone, there was a, there was a fumble or a pick. And I thought, oh, my, it's just horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, I do feel slightly bad for Kyle Allen. Uh, the way that he went down injured was a lot like what Dak happened to Dak was somewhat similar to what happened to uh, Alex Smith. And so I know Alex Smith seeing that injury and having to come in was probably a little unnerved. Yeah, I would think so. The uh, Texans beat the Jags 27-25. to 25. Uh, The Texans had a 2-6 and six on the year now. Tom, uh, I know the Texans got the win this time, but – Romeo Cornell really hasn't been a whole lot better than what Bill O'Brien was. No, he hasn't. And, and what, he's the oldest coach in the league right now. I mean, it's, it's clear that he's an interim head coach. Um, and, you know, I'm sure the fans are calling for Bill O'Brien. Oh, sorry, Bill O'Brien, as were we. Uh, I mean, at this point, you just chalk it up to a lost season. Uh, and you just keep, you know, keep rolling with it. I feel so bad for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, uh, I, I do too. He deserves better than what he's getting there in Houston. The Raiders top the Chargers 31-26. to This was a weird game. The Raiders, they, they didn't do a great job passing the football, just 165 yards in the air. Their run game was okay, 160 yards, yet they found a way to put up uh, 31 points. Justin Herbert had a big day with over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Tom, weird game, but the Raiders are now 5-3. and three. What do you think about the Raiders' playoff chances at this point going forward? I, I would think that with an expanded playoff, the Raiders certainly are not out of it at this point in time. I like them better than a team like Indy or something right now. Yeah, so do I. I mean, a lot of that I think could be John Gruden, uh, you know, finding ways to win. I'm, I'm – you know, I'm a believer in John Gruden. You already have one win against the Chiefs. You can pretty much chalk up that next Chiefs game after their bye week is a loss for the Raiders. I probably said the same thing about the first Raiders-Chiefs game. They're going to get second in that division. Uh, and as long as they win other games where they need to, I, I don't have a problem seeing Raiders in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. The uh, Steelers defeat the Cowboys. Cowboys handed their seventh loss of the season. Um, but Cowboy fans are kind of taking this as a moral victory of some sorts. This one came down to the very end. Garrett Gilbert, his first start for the Cowboys, he played decent. He had close to 250 yards, a touchdown, one interception. He was fine. Um, you know, 
especially considering he was, what, the fourth string quarterback for Dallas. He was on the Browns practice squad just a couple weeks ago. Uh, but this was a, a gritty win for Pittsburgh. Uh, Big Ben, he got hurt in this game, and he still, even with the knee injury, finishes the drive, scores a touchdown, then he comes out to get checked on and comes back to the, to the Steelers to lead this team to victory. They didn't run the football great, but Big Ben willed his team to a uh, win on the road there. I know Dallas isn't very good, Tom, but um, that to me has been the story of Big Ben's career. Is He's been one of the toughest players in the National Football League, especially at the quarterback position, and still fighting through. Uh, I, I know that Dallas isn't good, but what a performance by Pittsburgh, in particular Big Ben, to still find a way to play through injury and, and get this win. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and like I said about the Chiefs, gritty wins. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the Cowboys are a lot worse than Carolina, but, you know, you find ways to win. This is the first time the Steelers have been 8-0 in franchise history, which is super hard to believe for me, but – it is. Here's the thing, Jones. If the Rams don't make the Super Bowl or just, you know, don't get there, uh, you know, I don't know if this makes you happy or not. But second Big Ben, I hope he wins it this year and he can retire because he's getting so banged up. Uh, I mean, his body is just uh, like a beat-up junkyard car at this point. He's still – somehow the engine still goes. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's quite the story for Big Ben to still be playing at this high of a level at this point of his career. And, and uh, he played great in uh, that win on uh, Sunday. The Dolphins beat the, Je the uh, Cardinals in the battle between Kyler and uh, Tua. Uh, the Dolphins now five and three. Both these teams are playoff contenders. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to win that division with as well as Buffalo has been this year. But how cool was it, Tom, to see these two young quarterbacks, Kyler and Tua, put on a show? And uh, I think that we have some more good football in both their futures. Uh, the, the league is certainly bright with those two. Uh, it certainly showed on a Sunday in that great football game. Yeah, I said on Thursday it was probably the most underrated game of the week, and it probably turned out to be the best one. Uh, I mean, so I've read somewhere where they said, hey, can we just let Tua and Kyler play each other every week? I mean, hell of a game. Oh, no question. No question about it. Saints, uh, they, they beat the Bucs 38-3. to uh, A blowout statement win. Uh, Tom Brady played terrible. Uh, you, know, you, you bring in Antonio Brown, you have all that excitement there, but this offense just fell flat. The Saints, they went through a rough stretch there for a while, Tom, but you get Michael Thomas back. You get Emmanuel Sanders back. We finally see the Saints at full strength. And what do you know? They unloaded there. People had their questions about the Saints. But in all honesty, based on what we saw last night, it may have been just a matter of this team getting healthy. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, not having Michael Thomas, I mean, that's a big security blanket for Drew Brees, whether you like to say it or not. But – Super impressive by the Saints. Did not see that coming. Uh, I think we picked – everyone picked the Bucks across the board, maybe except Coach Bo. He's um, Right? And so I'm like, all right, you know, as far as our bet goes, I was walking around pretty happy last night. Yeah. Um, Bucks fall to six and three. Saints are now six and two. Hard to imagine a scenario now where the Saints don't win that division barring a collapse – 
Uh, the Bucks at this they've had their moments this year. I mean, and, and that six and three record. I think that we're at a crossroads with this Bucks team now, Tom. I mean, things could really fall off the tracks of this team, or they could, you know, respond well and have a turnaround at this point. I mean, look at look at Buffalo since that loss to Tennessee, that a brutal loss. Now they've played some good football. It's uh, it's really put up or shut up time for this uh, Bucks team going forward. Yeah, and you got to think maybe the next game they need to have a statement comeback game, just to to. I guess make it so that everyone's not just like is freaking out um, because if you're a Bucks fan, this isn't the first you know this isn't the first time uh, that that the Bucks have you know showed somewhat promise and then just went downhill. I think they'll be fine. Uh, Tom Brady's the type of guy that doesn't let a game like that get him down necessarily. It was the first time since uh, the Chiefs did him in in Kansas City back in 2014 and the time before was another game in 03 that Tom Brady had lost that bad uh as a Rams fan I can't say I didn't smile a bit looking at Tom Brady's smirk on the bench uh in the fourth quarter um but uh you know that's Tom Brady he's, he's gonna find a way back and I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine but uh maybe Antonio Brown's a bad luck charm maybe so um, we'll see, but it was the first time in Tom Brady's career that he's been swept by a divisional opponent. So uh, pretty bizarre that that happened there. Let's move on to the Big 12. Time for today's Big 12 breakdown. I was at the Oklahoma-Kansas game. Tom, I had a pretty cool setup. I had my own booth in the press box. No one else was there. Uh, got to have remote access to the TV and just, you know, kick it. Uh, OU was very... Uh, nice. They treated me very well uh, this uh, past weekend there in Norman. Uh, but what didn't get treated well was KU. Uh, their performance was just terrible. This was one of the worst games, if not the worst game, of the Les Miles era in uh, Lawrence. I can't say I'm surprised by any means. Um, you know, they let the freshman quarterback for KU, Jalen Daniels, get sacked nine times. And I know it's Kansas, Tom, but this OU defense has been trying to find that spark, trying to get better every week. Nine sacks, that's a statement. I mean, that's a uh, great performance. Job well done by that mm -hmm. OU defense to do what they did there. Um, you know, Rattler, he played okay, but the run game was phenomenal for OU. Um, you know, th this was not a, you know, a typical win where OU – it just throws it across the yard all day and it went this way. The fact that they ran the football as effectively as they did with Stevenson and some of those other backs that they have there, the run game was a big concern for OU after uh, losing Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon, Sermon to Ohio State, Brooks to opting out. But I think OU's run game concerns, their issues are just fine. OU can run the football just fine. Yeah, I think and, and for KU, I think each week, from here on out, Jones, unfortunately, I think it's going to get worse. Maybe not in terms of score because, you know, maybe the other teams that play don't have the offense that OU does. Uh, but I think it's going to continue to get worse. I think team morale is probably the lowest it's been, I don't know, probably since the worst today for Bay. Uh, I mean, Les Miles, he's going to be there to next year. It's, I don't – I mean, I don't know if you can blame it on him. I, I mean, I think some of it has to be, but at the same time, it's just – what can you do? I mean, 
mean, at this point, they could have an optional team dinner uh, in Lawrence, and I don't even think probably 65% of the team would show up. Man, it's a uh, look, look defeated. It did look defeated. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was bad what uh, they went through on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder now, you had those nine sacks. You got a true freshman quarterback in Jalen Daniels who will be back next season uh, as a freshman once again. Do you consider sitting Daniels because of how bad this offensive line is? You know he's your future. Um, do you think about – having him just sit on the bench the rest of the season, not anything to do with him, but not risking him getting hurt. I mean, what do you have? You have to ask yourself, what do you have to gain of throwing him out there and risking a major injury of some sorts? I think the, the, the game time, you can't replicate game experience. But at the same time, I think you do have to ask yourself at the end of the day, is it really worth it? Oh, I don't think you can replicate game experience either, but – at the same time, you're not really getting a whole lot of game experience when you're getting put on your ass nine times a game and probably hurried about at least the same amount. Uh, I mean, if I'm Les Miles, I'm, I'm looking at pieces next year of who I want to start and the leaders from that team uh, that obviously don't graduate or will be back next year, and I'm sitting them. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that's what you kind of have to do. I mean, if they're not – I mean, even if they win one this year, if they somehow pull one out, I mean, it's not going to mean anything. Uh, I mean, at this point, the team morale is so low that it that it doesn't do. I, I would, I think team morale was higher the, the game before KU beat Texas a few years ago. Uh, this is the lowest I've seen KU in a long time, and that's I think that's saying something. I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know like Puka's gone. Um, Puka got out of the right time, honestly. I mean, there's – I mean, what else can you do? You get a coach like Les Miles. You try pretty much everything you can do here. And, you know, in a year where the Big 12 is supposedly not that good, you are just getting absolutely embarrassed. I mean, there hasn't even been a game where I thought, okay, you might have a shot. I mean, West Virginia maybe, but that was in the first half. Uh, there hasn't been any sliver of hope. No, none whatsoever uh, for this Kansas team. Oklahoma State defeats K-State 20-18 to on the road in Manhattan. This was a weird game. Um, Tylon Wallace, he, he was MIA. We, we saw him make a big play on special teams late in the game. But, uh, I mean, it, it, this was a weird game. Uh, Will Howard, the – uh, quarterback for K-State, you know, what was it, his fifth career start, fourth or fifth, and he had that 69-yard touchdown run, 125 yards on the ground. It looks like that Howard has filled that Skyler Thompson, uh, Colin Klein role at the quarterback position. He's going to play that gritty guy that may not have a, a whole lot of acceleration speed, but he can still run the ball and pass when need be uh, for K-State. I'm wondering, OSU loses to Texas a week ago, and they barely get by K-State. Is it time to sell the Cowboys, Tom? Do you think Oklahoma State is is okay, or, or is it time to sell this team? I, I have my concerns about this OSU team right now. I'm not selling them, not, and I know I'm a little biased, obviously. 
Tylen Wallace was actually he suited up for the game, but I guess he had a muscle sprain or something wrong with the muscle that held him out of the game. So he he got put in on the onside kick just because he had, he had recovered the onside kick uh, previously against Iowa State. Um, and, and made those special teams play. So they used him very sparingly. He wasn't on offense at all. It's clear that Tylen Wallace, and that's why I said, what did I learn this week? Is I learned that Tylen Wallace is the best receiver Oklahoma State's ever had. I also learned that that is Spencer Sanders' security blanket, and he would be a lot of people's security blanket. Uh, Colby Harville Pill also did not play for the Cowboys. Didn't, didn't necessarily matter. The defense, I thought, still was fantastic. Um, in a year that the offense is not what it could be or should be. Thank God for that defense. Uh, we're going to need it next week against the Sooners. Uh, but great thing for the Cowboys, you you lose to Texas in a game you should have won. Uh, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. The four turnovers, they don't have those. They cut those turnovers in half. Oh, OSU's undefeated right now. Um that's not the way it works, obviously. But K-State played tough. Uh, got to see Brennan Presley, kid out of Bixby. He had an end-around touchdown uh, and a couple of other plays. Looked good. Um, can't see the way – you know, can't wait to see what his brother looks like in an Oklahoma State jersey as well. Um, but, you know, OSU has a hell of a lot of soul-searching to do. And I'm, I'm, I said it on Twitter. I'm riding for Spencer Sanders. I think he can be better. I think he can do better. I don't feel like they're letting him get out of the pocket maybe as much. I think they're maybe holding him a little back uh, just because they're nervous. He's going to either, one, get injured, or two, put the ball on the ground. Uh, Jones, a lot of soul searching this week and next week in practice. I'm going to be listening in to see what Oklahoma State has to say. But I'm not going to be shocked if it's Shane Dillingworth that walks out there against Oklahoma Sooners and Norman on the 21st. It's a night game, just announced. Gives Chuba Hubbard, got a little banged up, gives him time to get, some, you know, get healthy. Um, L.D. Brown stepped in the role and did what he needed to do. And, and, I mean, I hate to say it, Jones, L.D. Brown's probably had a better year than Chuba. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think you're wrong there. I would say as far as Spencer Sanders goes, we expected more out of this point. This was supposed to be in year two where he took that big step. And I think in a lot of ways, Sanders looks like he's regressed a bit, that he's not uh, what he was. Uh, I mean, he, he was supposed to be a player that could t- contend for Big 12 Offensive Player from, for, of the year, and he hasn't looked that way at all. Um, I, I I'm, think- selling, I'm selling this Oklahoma State team right now. I think that there's – another loss or two coming for this team before the end of Big 12 play. Iowa State knocks off Baylor 38-31. Brace Hall with another big game, 133 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, real quick, uh, you know, Iowa State at 5-2. and two. Another, you know, nice win uh, for this uh, ISU team. Um, I-, I think that we have figured out who Iowa State is right now. That 5-2 that and two record where they stand – they are who they are. I don't think they're any better. I don't think they're any worse. I think they finally settled in here. Yeah, I think so, too. That did take 28 straight points for them to come back against Baylor. But, uh, you know, if that game was at the beginning of the year, they lose that game. So, you know, credit where credit's due. You do what you got to do to win, and, and they did. And 
currently, you know, they're still in the mix. Yeah. Uh, Texas beat West Virginia. Texas trailed all game long, uh, but came back to win that one 17-13 with a uh, touchdown there in the third quarter. Uh, Texas now 5-2, and 4-2 and two in league play. Um, Texas, we mentioned, Tom, how bad uh, their defense has been, but you end up getting four turnovers against Oklahoma State. You hold West Virginia to the 13 points. Maybe this Texas defense is starting to improve. Maybe they're starting to come along and potentially save Tom Herman's job here. You know, I'd say they're opportunistic. I wouldn't call them good. I would say they're opportunistic. West Virginia should have won that game. They were inside the Texas 20. Like, every time I looked at the score, and I felt like West Virginia was on, like, the Texas 17. Uh, and they didn't get the job done. They, they you know, and I can't believe West Virginia did that. It felt like a lot of, like, the Oklahoma State game where they just missed their chances to win. Uh, but you know what? You, you're an opportunistic defense. That You know, you do what you need to do to get the job done. And Texas did that. And, I mean, we're in a big mix right now. We got – Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas. You could even uh, maybe say probably not K-State anymore. But they're obviously on the outside looking in and need some help. But, uh, I mean, you got four teams in the mix for two spots uh, for the Big 12 championship. And, I mean, it is just looking looking very weird. Yeah, it it is. Uh, TCU knocks off Texas Tech. 34 to 18, the Horn Frogs are 30 uh, are a three and three. Max Duggan had 154 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Um, TCU, Tom, this is a hard team to figure out. Every week is different with this team. Yeah, they're like uh, just I can't ever pinpoint them. It's uh, you know at first we're like, oh, was TCU TCU for real? And no, no, they're not. And then it's like, well, okay, well. It, you know, it is tech, but at the same time, you win the games that are in front of you. Uh, I mean, I can't. It's hard to pinpoint. Yeah, it is. Uh, the rest of college football, the uh, big game on Saturday night, Notre Dame and Clemson. No Trevor Lawrence for the Tigers, and uh, they fall in OT 47-40. to um, You know, I- I've been saying all year long, Tom, that Notre Dame has been frauds. Um, I, I think I'm going to lay off Notre Dame for a bit. Even without Trevor Lawrence, uh, this is still a big-time win for Notre Dame. To get that done, to do what they did, um, the calls that Brian Kelly made down the stretch, to go ahead and, and play for overtime, not go with the two-point conversion there at the end of the game. I mean, Brian Kelly made some great decisions. I mean, he coached a great game. And Clemson, I think that we really learned the value of Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, this uh, this backup quarterback, uh, Ukulele, or, or however you say his name, uh, he wasn't bad by any means, uh, you know, with, you know, 440 yards and two touchdowns, but he wasn't Trevor Lawrence. And Notre Dame was the more physical team here. We haven't said that a whole lot about Clemson over the years, uh, you know, as of late, that they weren't physical, but – Notre Dame won this game at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I, I was impressed with what Notre Dame did. But with that all being said, as close as this was, I, I think when these two teams meet in the ACC championship game, assuming Trevor Lawrence plays, there's no reason to think that Clemson isn't going to bounce back 
and, and get this one done and be the difference in uh, a win versus having to go to overtime and lose here. I, I still think Clemson's the better team when Trevor Lawrence is involved here. Yeah, and, and you know, Lawrence should be back the next game for them. So we'll, we'll have to see what, you know, what happens there. Um, but, yeah, you, you got to think that if, if Trevor Lawrence is in the game, this it's going Clemson's way. Not to take anything away from Notre Dame, though. Yeah. Um, and uh, now that ACC championship game, Clemson's path, because they lost this game and not the game later in the season, if they lose that ACC title, it's just done. I mean, that's just it at this point going forward. Um, you know, it is – there's no room for error for this Clemson team the rest of the way. Notre Dame, you could lose the ACC title, but if it's competitive, still potentially make the playoff uh, as far as that goes. BYU knocked off Boise State 51-17. Zach Wilson was just phenomenal for he and the rest of the 28-year-olds there at a BYU. Bad night for Boise State at home. Um, not the showing they had expected. I know they were without about nine starters uh, for that Boise State team. But BYU, Tom, I- I'm buying BYU. I think that this team's legit. I think we need to start talking about BYU as far as playoff consideration goes. If BYU was in the Big 12 this year, they would easily finish in the top three. They might even win the Big 12 if they were in the league this year. Yeah, calm down. Calm down. The, the only good team or somewhat decent team they played is Boise, and the Boise had their, like, 20th quarterback in. If I'd have known that, I wouldn't have taken Boise State. I didn't know they were without that many people. I'm still not buying them. The rest of their schedule is absolute dog shit. It's not their fault. They scheduled a tough schedule. Everybody dropped off because of COVID. They had a chance to play Oklahoma State in Stillwater, and they pussied out. Oh, my God. I'm I'm not giving shit to BYU. Absolutely not. They haven't played the who's the best team they've played since Boise State. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> exactly. They haven't played. They haven't played shit. They haven't played shit. It's not their fault. Not they tried to I, schedule. I a tough schedule. They no, can't I, just do. They, I'm not. I'm not giving it to BYU. They're. I. they They would get. They would get 100 put on them by Alabama. I don't know why that you have such this angst against BYU. I mean, they've done everything that's been asked of them this year. There's nothing but more. But, yeah, sure, you give, them, you give them credit for winning the games in front of you, but to say they could potentially win the Big 12, absolutely not. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Big 12 has not been good this year, Tom. I Big mean, okay. let's face, the, face the music here. What's the spread if BYU plays OU? If BYU plays OU, I think that OU's maybe three points points favorite. 17 points. I'd I'd give them three. I mean, you you must have drank the water in Salt Lake City when you were there not too long ago. I I think I I am more uh, realistic here uh, of just how – uh, down the Big 12 is when you lose the Sun Belt teams like that. Um, I don't think there's any room to talk for saying what BYU's had. I mean, they had a nice win against Houston, Navy, Boise State. They're doing what's been asked of them. I, I give credit to BYU for playing their schedule, and they ought to be considered for the playoff. Uh, Florida, I'm not Georgia, 
in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, 44 to 28. Kyle Trask was phenomenal uh, with close to 500 yards. Georgia, their playoff hopes are done. You can write them off at this point in the year, Tom. Florida, that one loss they had to A&M doesn't look like a bad loss at all, considering how A&M's played. Florida probably going to win that division now that they took care of Georgia here. This team certainly not out of the equation here. That uh, that offense that Florida has, Dan Mullen's running, doing a great job with that group. They're uh, they're still in it to win it, even with that loss that they've suffered earlier in the season. Yeah, I think they'd probably beat BYU by at least thirty. Oh my um, god. <laughs> Um, what, why you know, are you hitting them you? What what have they done to I you? Just, I, they haven't done anything. I'm just saying they don't they don't deserve to be uh, in the college football playoff talk. I mean, you can go undefeated, sure, but anyway, we'll move on from that. I'm a, it's a you, great. You sound like an elitist. BYU would beat OSU. Oh, I don't know. I'm, oh, not, I'm not even going to say that really trounced by anybody in the big all those starters out again. But hats off to Florida. I still think Florida, uh, but Florida's still in it. Uh, yeah, because we were quick to somewhat write them off in Kellen Mond, and they they have proven me wrong. They deserve the respect that BYU's getting. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yes, a nice win, no doubt about that. Uh, real quick, uh, also on uh, the slate of games that we saw this weekend, uh, USC beat Arizona State 28-27. to This game was played at 9 a.m. Pacific time because they were so desperate to play on Fox. And uh, USC gets the win there. I, I think that the room for Pac-12 teams to make the playoff is very small, that window. I think you're going to have to really impress all those teams that canceled games this past week as well. Um I, I didn't see anything too flashy from USC. I, I don't think the Pac-12 has much room for error. I, I don't expect them to send a team to the playoff at this point. But there you have it. Uh, Liberty with a win over Virginia Tech as well. All of a sudden, uh, I think Hugh Free is putting himself in position to get a good job this offseason after that win. So there you have it. That's our college football uh, whip around for today. And a couple more things before we run. NASCAR championship, Chase Elliott. Um, he came on my radio show last month, and he had just won two races for the entire season. And, and Chase, he goes on my show and says, you know, hey, what we need to do is we need to go out there and win. We need to be contending for wins. That's what it's going to take. And he goes on to win three of the last five races, including the final two races in Martinsville and Phoenix. Um, you know, he, he drove all the way from the back of the field up front to win the race. Um, what a job by Chase Elliott. I mean, he was a man on a mission. And, I mean, he just had a machine and, and drove up through the field. I was very impressed with Chase Elliott. We said on last week's show, Tom, I hated for Kevin Harvick that he wins nine races and didn't even get to contend for a title. And, and probably, you know, was he, he was the best driver all season long. But with NASCAR committed to this playoff format, that's the type of playoff run you're looking for is a guy to come in and when it when push comes to shove, he's ready to go. And, and Chase Elliott did just that. I mean, uh, yes, I would have liked to see Kevin Harvick be a champion or, or Denny Hamlin be a champion, but credit where credit's due. Uh, you know, Chase Elliott took care of business when it mattered most. Yeah, Jones, Chase Elliott, I mean, you, you like where the sport is going for NASCAR, at least I do. These younger guys getting in there and, and getting the wins and – 
and just really fighting hard. Uh, so, like I said, can't say enough about Chase Elliott. Like three of the last five. Uh, I mean, he deserves it. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a great run. And uh, happy for Chase. He becomes the third youngest champion. And, and one of the things, Tom, that makes this sport unique is all the family ties. Uh, the third father-son duo to win the title, his dad, Bill, awesome Bill from Dawsonville, of course, was uh, the most popular driver for so many years, won the championship back in 88. And seeing him celebrate with his dad, I mean, what a cool moment to see uh, the Ellen family, uh, you know, celebrate that uh, that championship together there. Yeah, you always like to see the father-son duos. And, and again, as far as storylines go, I mean, that's, that's great for NASCAR. Oh, yeah. And uh, Denny Hamlin comes up short. He's the Cinderella again. Still looking for that first title. Um, most wins of any driver in the history of the sport without a championship. Um, man, I, I feel for Denny, but I feel like it's going to happen eventually. He'll break through and get that title. Um, you, know, you, you have to think that uh, it, it's still going to come sooner rather than later for, for Denny Hamlin at some point. He's so close. He, he's knocking. He'll get there eventually. But I, I do feel for Denny that this was maybe his best shot that he's had his whole career. Yeah, he'll get there. He's a lot like the Dodgers. Uh, Denny's going to get his. It's just only a matter of time, really. Uh, and, you know, each year that he doesn't get it, I bet it gets better. Uh, so he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, he will be. Uh, but Chase Elliott, your uh, NASCAR champion for 2020. The Masters coming up this week. Uh, Tom, first off, the Masters being in November, this is going to be weird seeing this event in the month of November. I'm glad that we're having it, that it didn't get canceled, that they did push it back uh, so that we could have it this year. But you think about it, you know, we're past daylight savings time now. It's going to get dark and everything. Um, these guys, you know, playing in these conditions of some sorts, a lot of the notebook is going to go out the window here. This is going to be – uh, it's going to be wild for these guys to be playing in this month at, uh, at this course uh, under much, you know, cooler conditions uh, here in November for uh, this, uh, this Masters event. Yeah, the no book does go out the window. I was waiting for you to say, Tom, who's your pick? And I was going to say, you know what, I have no idea. I think just as weird as this year's been, it's going to be someone just completely off the map. Right. Um, you know, I, I would love to see Tiger win again. This is the first time uh, that he has been the defending Masters champion since like 05. Um, but even for Tiger, as many times if you, as you've been here and done this, you know, done that, um, I, I still even think for Tiger, he, he's still going to be like, what am I doing here in the month of November uh, playing for this Masters title? Uh, you know, that's going to be different for him and everybody else involved here. Uh, good opportunity for these younger golfers, you know, the, the Matthew Wolfs, uh, the Victor Hoblins uh, of the world. I mean, these, these younger golfers here, um, you know, that's who I would look at, Tom, is that maybe it's one of those guys that is still looking for their first major title, that this could be a good time for them to get theirs as they, they don't know any better. They've hardly played at this course, if ever at all. Right, exactly. And that would be absolutely ecstatic to see an OSU guy win. Um, I'm sure uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Williams and, and Melvin Gillum Sr., who he played with earlier, probably be rooting on Matthew Wolf as well. 
Um, I'll add this. Uh, the most recent major champion this year is Bryson DeChambeau. He got the uh, U.S. Open win. And a lot of people are hating on Bryson DeChambeau, Tom. I like Bryson. You know, he's very unconventional. People don't like his style. Uh, I think that would be kind of a nice FU of sorts to the, uh, the ruling class that is in golf, the elitist, if uh, Bryson DeChambeau goes out there and puts on that green jacket. I, I think that would be kind of funny just for those that, are, that take golf too seriously. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And uh, like I said, it could be someone off the map that we don't ex- expect, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Bryson either. Yeah, um, I, I would not be either. I liked what he did earlier this year in that U.S. Open, and, and we'll see. But it should be a fun week. Uh, they're going to wrap up the Masters by like 2 or 3 o'clock Central time because they have to go to the NFL football and uh, with daylight savings and all that. Uh, so it uh, should be fun, no doubt. Uh, but glad that we're getting this uh, major championship in uh, before the end of the year's up. And then we'll do it all again in April, Tom. I mean, this is going to be a quick turnaround. We get the Masters twice in, in a uh, like a, a five- or six-month stretch here. I mean, that's, that's crazy that uh, we end the year with the Masters and we begin next year with the Masters. Yeah, pretty much. And whoever wins isn't going to be the defending champion for too long. You know, unless, of course, they run it back. But not easy to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tom, we got to go. Uh, that does it for the fo- the uh, post-game report this week. Social media, facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, Tyler Jones Media Group. Twitter at Thomas underscore Bridges at Tyler Jones Live, TJ Media Group. Instagram, Tyler Jones Live, Jones underscore reports, and uh, Tom and uh, Instant Thomas is where you can find us there. Subscribe to the Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. And we'll see you right back here on Thursday. Have a great week, everybody.